You found us through fly fishing. You'll stay for our passion and the community. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Podcast. Yeah, but he doesn't get it. How come fly fishermen don't get it? You only haul with the short power snap. Look for where people walk and the insides of bends and, and hunt those. The roof blew off and the interior walls got sucked out. And the trees are just coming up. And I mean, he's clearly not going to clear the trees. It is not a fly fishing story. It's a story about me trying to understand my brother through fly fishing. Welcome to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show, where you discover tips, tricks, and tools from the leading names in fly fishing today. We've been waiting for you. Follow our guests, follow us on Instagram, and share this episode and the love if you enjoy this podcast. And we are live in three, two, one. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thanks for having us on. How are you? Good. Great. Yeah, thanks. How are you doing, Trent? I'm doing good, brother. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you guys. We've been chatting a bit in the background. Like a lot of these, it takes time sometimes to put them together. And I don't know exactly where I found you out there. I think your name is popping around. And I think DIY is also popping around. And just, you know, I think especially this day and age, trying to do these trips. I'm always thinking about it. How do you do these trips without spending a bazillion dollars, you know, to do them? And I think you have some insight. We're going to dig into that today. But before we get there, I'm really interested in what you have with your, I mean, you have a podcast I know out there, but talk about that, The Bum Diary and how that came to be. And then we'll dig into a little bit more on DIY. Okay. So The Bum Diary, it's a really long story. Um, But essentially when Trent and I met and we did our first season working down in the Florida Keys, so we bartend and serve when we're not fly fishing. Oh, nice. And so we moved down in his old 1990, what is it? 92 Explorer. Yeah. 92 Explorer. And genuinely, we were living out of the back of his truck for months, right? So until we were finding housing and jobs. And everyone kept calling us bums. And then Facebook Live, this is old, dude. We started this like eight years ago. Facebook Live had just launched. And uh, we just had so many people that were asking about what the hell we were doing with our lives. And like everyone thought we were just being bums on the beach. So we just kind of <laughs> launched it for our, it was on our personal Facebook page. We just did it for friends and family. And then uh, a marketing guy got a hold of us. And so he's like, you guys should probably brand this. So we branded it. And then we're, re- we're very bad at being consistent. Like all our followers know that we are. We Yeah, we, we had a podcast for a while and then we were trying to get back on YouTube and stuff. But mainly we, uh, the bum, it's just kind of our brand, man. It's just the way me and Janelle live our life. Yeah, the Bum Diary started in the back of an Explorer, and we were just documenting what we were up to and with our lives. And then it kind of transitioned to our travels as well, because on our off-seasons, we really like to travel and primarily to fly fish. So we were documenting that. And that's when we kind of created the Instagram page. Um, and then from there, it just kind of continued on. And then we did our podcast for a while. Rest in peace to the podcast. <laughs> so you're done with the podcast? Yeah, we kind of put the mic away for a while. Who we'll, knows if we'll pick it back up? We're kind of those people that will pick it back up within like two years or something. Yeah, now. I'm sure you have some loyal listeners. So anybody who's a loyal listener like we are, um, man, to do a podcast like you've done, man, like I said, before we jumped on here, man, like congratulations, 500 episodes, right? I'm, I mean, that's that's wild, <laughs> man. That's wild. Yep. Yeah, it has been. I think it's one of those things where like with all of us, you find that thing you really love and that doesn't feel like work and then you just go with it. And I think, you know, I mean, that's been my secret. And I think for you too, probably, right? You find that thing, the podcasting probably wasn't something you felt. I'm guessing it felt like work after a while. Is that the case? 
Well, we, we spent too much time fishing, man. It was like, it, it was like to the point where it was like, uh, we left the podcast. We still pay for the podcast and we're going to keep paying for the podcast to be hosted because we went to Argentina during the COVID thing. And so there's a lot of great, we were actually doing a live podcast from Argentina. Um, probably like one of our better accomplishments in the bum diaries history. So like if anybody like is thinking about Argentina recently, I mean, this is from 2020. So uh, we left all that information on the internet. So you guys can still definitely find, uh, you know, episodes about like fly fishing, Montana, Yellowstone, even New Zealand. I think we did a couple of New Zealand ones back in the day. Gotcha. Okay. So right now, if somebody wanted to find you, where do you send them? I mean, I know you, you can Google up the bum diary, but what's the, is it YouTube? Is it, it's not podcast. Is there other, is it Instagram? Where, where's the best place to take a look? So the best place would either be Instagram or YouTube. Our Instagram handle is just the bum diary, one word. And then our YouTube show is the bum diary show and we should pop right up. Okay. Yeah, if people find us on YouTube, that'd be funny. Because like <laughs> our YouTube is like probably the worst YouTube page in the world. But it's funny, man. It's a uh, we're getting there. I think we're getting there. I think we're swinging for the fences. And uh, so yeah, if anybody finds us on YouTube, that'd be that'd be funny. Perfect. All right, good. So so we got this, and I today I want to chat about you know not only your background and how and I'm interested. The Four Explorers is, is pretty funny, and we've had that actually come up before on other podcast episodes, but. You know, just the DIY thing, you know, like you said, how do, a lot of people out here maybe don't have a ton of money. How do they get into this and do some of these amazing trips, especially, I mean, I, definitely around North America, but you're doing stuff around the world, right? As far as on a budget, maybe start us off there really quick. What's, what's the secret to your success? What, what would somebody, if they're not familiar with that, how could they, you know, do a trip where they don't spend, you know, tens of thousands of dollars? Well, that's like, our budget is probably, I will be honest, the overseas trips, like Montana is like. You can still do Montana for so cheap between the national forests and the camp. I mean, you've, you've had so many people that on your podcast about that. I mean, so when you got, when you're talking overseas, the biggest thing with overseas is there's two things you can't get away from. One is the travel price there. So like the ones, like the travel price there, you just have to bite the bullet, no matter where you're going in the world, whether you're going to Christmas Island, New Zealand, wherever you're going, we don't, me and Janelle, just like, we don't even think of that in the budgets. Like we got to pay to go there. Like the flight and all that stuff. Yeah. So New Zealand right now. What did we pay Janelle for plane tickets this year? This year, I think we paid, I think we found a really good deal. I think we found tickets for like what? 2200 2200 for two tickets, yeah. round trip. Wow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's a good deal, man. To go all the way to New Zealand, 2200 bucks is not bad. We're also flying to uh, Argentina. Saint- Argentina, it's weird. You can it, The easiest way for your listeners, the easiest way, just fly into Patagonia, which is Bariloche. Those run about $2,500. Um, the thing with Argentina and then a car rental. So when you get to Argentina, that's the other thing. So the two obstacles that you guys can't get around on price is the flight there and then how you're going to get around. After that, that's where me and Janelle get very frugal. That's like where we like try to get very frugal. And uh, it's like, uh, but once like, and it's a big learning curve. Argentina is a bigger learning curve than New Zealand. Oh, really? So Argentina was easier than, uh, or New Zealand was easier than Argentina. I don't know that it was easier, but when we originally... So we went to New Zealand, oh gosh, probably like four or five years ago now. And we were broke. Like I'm not, when I say broke, I mean broke. We had probably $2,000 in the bank account. We should have never never went to New Zealand. Yes. And we were sitting around the fire drunk and we're like, should we buy these tickets? And we're like, let's do it. And then we have, we justified it because there was like a 24 cancellation policy. So we're like, if we don't, if we wake up and we don't want to go, we won't. Well, anyways, (laughs) that's awesome. we're like, let's send it. So we bought the tickets. And then when we actually got to New Zealand, we again we didn't have a lot of money so we ended up buying this subaru like this tiny little hatchback subaru from someone on facebook for like eight hundred dollars 
And this thing probably shouldn't have been on the road. Like the clutch was going out. We sent it though. But... We sent it all over the Southern Alps. One time we had to go to mechanic at the bottom of a pass and he wouldn't let us leave because he was like, dude, this car shouldn't even be on the road. Oh, and I was goodness. just like, I was like, hey, brother, I don't, I don't care what you think. I'm like, we're sent. <laughs> You should see our Ford Explorer back in the States. That's what I kept trying to tell them. Right. <laughs> so I don't know if it was like cheaper or easier necessarily. It's just what we made of this. No, no, no. Uh, it, I think, I think what I, it may be what you were meaning is uh, in terms of like New Zealand is very easier in the sense of like, they have supermarkets first off, like they have like supermarkets. So you, you can go and like get everything you need in one stop in Argentina. First off, we've been down there now. So we've been down there a couple of times now. Uh, I love Argentina, but it's like, uh, we don't speak Spanish. Right. And every single time you go into a town, dude, it's like, listen, we love Argentina. I love everything about Argentina, but like sometimes like with the, just the social stuff in the country right now and everything and, and the inflation, you don't know if the store is open. You don't know what the store has. You have to go find the bakery. You have to go find the person that sells the meat. You have to go find the fruit stand. Which is kind of cool, right? I mean, that that's amazing too. Oh, it's awesome, dude. But listen, it takes all day, man. Like in Argentina, it is not a joke, dude. It, when you got to go to town to get money and pesos illegally, it's like all this, it's a wild world. Oh, right. Argentina's awesome, dude. It's awesome, but it's wild. Bear Vault has the perfect solution to keep your provisions secure while heading into the backcountry this season. Bear Vault builds a rugged polycarbonate locking canister that keeps bears and other wild animals away from your food. Proper food storage is one key to an epic trip in the backcountry. Please head over to wetflyswing.com slash bear vault to check out this must-have solution for the outdoors now. You support this podcast and your safety this season by clicking through that link right now. So it sounds like, you know, Argentina, you want to, if you're doing this sort of thing, that put an extra time. So you can have those days where you're going to be like not getting anything done or not fishing, where you're just dealing with that sort of stuff, right? So is that is that kind of the case? Yeah, New Zealand's the same way because New Zealand has this thing called a sandfly, and every single year when we if we're thinking about Argentina or New Zealand, I don't know, Janelle likes New Zealand, but we always think about sandflies. So I mean, everything has their issues. Gotcha. Okay, so and tell me, and we're going to be jumping around all over the place today because I'm interested in a lot of these topics. But um, you also did you also have like a farm or something, or is that something you had going? I saw out there. We are retired farmers. We yes. are retired farmers. That's a great way to say yes. it. Yes. <laughs> we are officially retired. Okay. So you had a little farm that you were working on and now you, you're away from that? Well, long story short, dude, because we don't want to get too sidetracked because we yeah. could go we're really down the rabbit hole with me and Janelle. But uh, I had a heart attack in college. And then after my heart attack, I moved to Montana and I've been out here for a long time. I ran into some, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. It was just bouncing around, being a bum, being a raft guide, fly fishing guide. Went back to my farm in Michigan where I was born and raised. I took over the farm. I was growing hops uh, for breweries. That's how I met Janelle. So when we bought our tickets drunk to New Zealand the first time, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to sell all these hops like in four months. It'll be <laughs> fine. We're going to have like 20 grand coming in. And we sold like $1,000 in hops. And I was like, we were screwed. dude. I don't, we don't have nobody in our life we can ask for money. So when me and Janelle, like, so we get attacked on the Internet a lot about being like these rich kids and stuff. Man, uh, mom, I, we give more money to mom and dad. than, And I love mom and dad. Then uh, mom and dad sends our way. So it's a uh, so we tried to take over the farm. Then Janelle got involved with my life. And Janelle, like, dude, she like took over the farm. She made mm. it profitable. Um, wow. So she was one of the biggest flower farmers and probably Dahlia farm. Anyways, she made it very profitable, the farm. But we realized at the end of the year, uh, 
we didn't fish anymore. Like we were just fishing Argentina, like, and, uh, we really loved Montana and we were only fishing Argentina and New Zealand. And, uh, we just realized if anyone's a farmer out there, I'm sure there's farmers listening to this podcast. I grew up on a dairy farm. It was funny. And I looked, I was like, Oh my God, we're going to raise a family just like I was raised, you know, like uh, no vacations, always hoping for the crop. So it was a really hard decision. And, um, yeah, Janelle ended up selling the farm and, she said wow. she was done with it. And so, yeah, I guess we're retired. That's a fun way to say it. There you go. <laughs> well, you wouldn't believe it if you saw our camper, dude. If you saw our camper, you would think Janelle has more plants in our camper than, uh, <laughs> than we had on the farm. That's right. I would hear about the camper, too. So you so you sold the farm, so you're off away from that. So I want to take it back to your, the heart attack. I don't want to miss that. This is because you don't sound like a very old person. Can you give us uh, some insight? Was that What was that about? Yeah. So, uh, it's a long story. It's well documented on the internet. Uh, I even tried writing a book about it one time. If you're starting to see a theme about the bum diary, we kind of start things and just try to see what sticks. But I had a heart attack in college. I was an athlete, uh, just a long distance runner. LeBron James son just had the same thing I had. Oh, right. You just go down. Yeah. So the same thing I had, man. And I was kind of on the cutting edge of, uh, new technology. So I was like one of the first people to get like a machine in my heart. It's not a pay. It just shocks me back to life. I got two it's a long story, dude. And then, yeah, it's just like, uh, so I just had my second heart surgery actually, dude. So I just had my second heart surgery and, uh, yeah, man, I just started rowing a boat again. If you want to talk about like, dude, putting me down, like putting me, wow. I was, dude, it, we've been, oh, it was crazy, man. I'm, we just started rowing a boat again, like two weeks ago, man. So this is the happiest Trent you'll ever talk to. There you go. No, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, well, and yeah, I mean, we've had some of these stories over there and I just, you know, bring that up just because it, you know, it's, um, I think it sheds light for people out there, right? Lots of stuff's going to happen to us over our lives and you don't know who's going to, you know, who's going to die and who's going to live and all that stuff. So I appreciate you kind of give us a little background there. Talk about the boat. Um, I'm always interested in boats. What is this boat you're rowing? Okay. Well, listen, we have a famous boat on the internet right now. Janelle's, well, Janelle, it's our raft in Argentina that got stolen. (laughs) Our outcast striker raft that was held for ransom for a long time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this guy stole our boat. Uh, it's a long story. Oh, we really? Had, we had to evacuate. We had to evacuate out of Argentina during COVID, and we had to leave our boat in Argentina, and uh, we smuggled like a raft down there because you can't really take American. Anyways, we have this boat. It's Outcast Striker Raft, man. It's the only raft without a metal frame. Mm. Oh yeah, I know the Striker. Yeah. Yeah, we love we love all boats. We love all companies. But like I'm telling you, like when we were going to Argentina, I've been down there a couple times, and I was like, we need a boat in Argentina, like you do not need a boat in Argentina, but for me, who's like grew up as a, like I was a raft guide for so I just, I need to be on moving water. It's my own, especially with my heart, dude, if I'm going to die, I want to die on moving water. And so anyways, so we went really down the rabbit hole. We talked to a whole bunch of different companies and, uh, dude, outcast was like, Hey, we got a boat without a frame. And I was like, nah, 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 I am not taking no non-metal frame raft down to Argentina and sending white water on rivers that it may take you seven days to go down without a house or a road to get off. Turns out that boat's actually, dude, that, they, they actually have some well, uh, I do. We send that stuff, man. We send it anyway. So we have it. We started working with Outcast because that's what, that was oh, our nice. issue. It was like, yeah, can we really send it down rivers? Like, is this, met? I don't know, big, dude. Big, it was, big water. Yeah, it was a frameless boat. I've never seen a frameless boat, man. It is perfect for what we are. Like, throw it in the back of the car and go. That's amazing. Literally throw it in the back of the car, yeah. We just had a little crossover hatchback and yeah. that thing you could just fold it up and go anywhere it Dude. was awesome and then you just Love pump that. the boat up in two seconds and you're literally rowing white water and, oh. and janelle can stand in the front that was the other thing yeah i was like i can't fish from a seat yeah well we had i was just going to give a shout out for episode 466 chris callahan was on and he talked about that boat he's without cast and he went through their whole lineup and i i haven't been in it yet 
but he mentioned how cool. And that was my question. I was like, wow, you can actually make a standing platform with a bar out of basically there's no metal on it, right? It's all inflatable. It's all inflatable. We still don't believe it every time. Support, every yeah, time support. we're on it, every time I'm on it, I'm like, I still don't believe it, dude. It's it's a wild boat, man. It's a wild boat. It's a fun little boat, though. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they have that patented, but I, that's what I told them when I talked to them last. I said, hey, you guys better patent this because this is like, it really is, man. Uh, up here in Montana, we have a really crappy old rickety boat that I've had forever. And I keep telling Janelle, I'm waiting for it to break so we can buy a new one. Uh, we're the funniest people on the river. People make fun of us all the time. Like, like what's the boat? Like, like, Faith, is this a drift boat or is this like a canoe or what type of boat? Oh, it is a 20 uh, year old cataract uh, boat. The company doesn't even exist anymore. Some dude made it in Colorado to send mountain rivers, like mountain creeks. And, uh, dude, this boat is so old. The design is so crappy. It, everything, this, I don't know, dude. We always send, send it down the river. It's awesome. Me and Janelle can pick it up um, so we can actually go down side channels. Is it a raft or is it, a, is it wood? Yeah, yeah it's cataract. a little cataract. And uh, we have a chihuahua. Uh, she's probably more famous. People like her more than us now. So we got this little <laughs> chihuahua that rides in the front of the boat. Um, nice. So it's a little wild. Yeah. So you guys, it sounds like you enjoy being on the edge, like with all this stuff. It sounds like you're right. You're always, uh, you got these boats and all this stuff. What, what do you love about kind of the way you've been doing things the last few years? I just love the spontaneity of everything. I mean, before Trent, I feel like Trent's such an interesting person. Like, I'll tell you one thing. He does not make life boring. Because um, we're broke. And- <laughs> like, it's because we're broke. It's like, she's talking about shit me and duct tape together. Janelle like grew- said, life is not boring. Yeah, Janelle did not grow up rich, but she grew up in a... She wasn't... She didn't grow up a poor dairy farmer. So sometimes Janelle's like, like our camper we just bought. She's like, are we really going to send this? I'm like, yes, we are. Yeah. <laughs> So if you watch any of our old Bomb Diary videos, you'll know what we're talking about because there are a lot of videos out there where we're sitting on the side of the road, <laughs> stuff's broken down, we're smoking, like <laughs> we're just waiting for the time when our raft finally takes a toll and we're on the side of the river. But hey, oh, hopefully yeah. that doesn't happen. <laughs> Amazing. So you bet you're loving it. That's a cool thing. You're out there fishing. And is that the main, when you're traveling, is it mainly to get to a fishing destination or do you have other things you enjoy about that whole process? Trent is like solely focused on fly fishing. I love fly fishing, everything about it. I would say that is generally how our trips are geared. We do a lot of like sightseeing in between and everything starts eating food, drinking. Everything starts as uh, is there fishing there? Like especially trout fishing. We're not big saltwater people, so um, so everything for us is like is there trout there? So like northern Italy, we can circle it. Uh, we got some friends from like uh, Alba Jujeria does stand and Kajurkistan's <laughs> right. trout there. It's circled. Azerbaijan. Yeah, you know what I mean. So there's like so, and then Janelle, Janelle's awesome with like especially like in New Zealand, Argentina. Janelle's awesome and being like, hey, there's some caves over here with like ten thousand year old drawings or something. You know right. what I mean? Like or there, there's yeah. a beach over here with like rubies. And so that's like Janelle's got to hold me back sometimes because there's a lot of times too where I'm like, all right. You're right. We got to stop sending it so hard. That's right. That's right. No, this is cool. So, so you love the, you love the travel and, uh, and the fishing, of course, like we all do. So t- let's take it back real quick, Trent. I want to hear both and Janelle, kind of the fly fishing. So talk about, just bring it back to how you first, what's your first memory of fly fishing? how did you first get into it? Uh, for me, I was 19, 20, fresh off the heart attack in Montana. And, uh, Man, I had my mentor. He's still my life mentor, man. He started as a bartender and he does his own yellow. He does his own fly fish guiding now. And he's got a nice business and raised a family. He's kind of my mentor. And uh, yeah, he was just, uh, you know, I was just a 19 year old. And he was like uh, the the older bartender and he was getting all the girls and he kind of took me under his wings. And his big thing was uh, he like connecting with the outdoors because I moved to Yellowstone, didn't really understand the draw of this area. And, uh, you know, and um 
and everybody in Montana has an outdoor thing. And I was a big bass fisherman. So my big thing was I don't want to spend thousands of dollars on another fishing project. So I was trying to get into rock climbing or anything other than fishing. And then, man, I'll never forget. We went to those little teeny, I can say the name, the Gibbon river in Yellowstone. It's very famous river. Um, but there's only like, we, dude, like if you're lucky, you know, the lucky, like he can catch the big ones. But you know, for me, it was like, dude, I, I, I saw a, a little six inch brookie take my, uh, my little dry fly. And then I don't know, man, you know how it is. Like you go through like a breakup or bad relationship or you get down in your luck and, man, I was in a car and he gave me his fly rod and I was living on the side of the river for like a couple of weeks trying to get back on my feet. And it was just me, this little fly rod and my dog. And I don't know, that's, I spent a couple of weeks doing that and then, uh, became a whitewater guide. And man, when you're on the whitewater, when you're just watching fish, like it was during the salmon fly season in Montana, I'll never forget. Like I was afraid. I never, cause that's like, it's beautiful. Cause I watched Janelle do it too. It's beautiful watching somebody learn fly fishing. And then it's beautiful watching them like understand fly fishing. And then it's beautiful watching them like, holy cow, what is a salmon fly? <laughs> and so I, I just think, I think the salmon fly was the, was the time I fell in love with like, yeah, I'm probably going to do this the rest of my life. There you go. There you go. And Janelle, how about you? How, what was your first memory? Oh man. So I had never fly fished prior to Trent. I was more of like a bobber and a worm kind of girl, but no, I met him and he kind of introduced me and he floated me down the river for the first time. And I re- I remember throwing out my first cast. It was just a little dry fly. And in the middle of the river, this giant trout came up and smashed it, but didn't take it. Like, Dude, hold on. I hold totally on. missed that. I didn't know what I was doing. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Her, kind of a... her luck with giant fish has continued. It's crazy. <laughs> Janelle will just be roll casting. <laughs> and this was right at the boat launch. And I was like, whoa, like, what was that? You know? Yeah. So obviously that's exciting, not knowing what you're doing. And then. Didn't you hook the steelhead on a swing? Like, no way. Three days later, <laughs> no. just roll, I was like, you were so lucky. Yeah. And she fished wow. that run for the next seven years, and she never caught one out of there again. I said, like, see how lucky you were? She's right. like, oh, is this how you catch a steelhead? I'm like, no. No, that is not how you catch a steelhead. Right. Oh. So no, so then as Trent and I's relationship progressed, he brought me out to Montana, and he was so patient with me. Like I remember we were floating down the Snake River, for the first time, and we were throwing hopper droppers, and I tangled every, like, two minutes. And no then, exaggeration. And then what did I do? I knocked the dropper off because I told Janelle, I said, listen, I said, I don't want you to, I don't want your first fish to be, and then no offense, there's nothing wrong with that. I said, but I want, because my first thing was that dry fly hit. And I said, hey, you're going to have to learn how to get a fish on a dry fly. And this is, like, September on the Yellowstone River in Montana. These fish are the most, probably, I think, other than the Madison, probably the smartest fish in the world. And so I told you now, I said, yeah, you're going to have to cast where, uh, you know what I mean? And so it took her, I was so patient. Dude, tell them about that one time you in that pocket. Oh man, there was, this, <laughs> there was this little trout and it was, it was sight fishing and we were not spooking this trout at all. It was probably like, you know, 12 inches and she I could had, not, just, and it was rising. It was sipping dries just get it on the, the surface. Hole. All I needed to do was get it above this fish's head and I could not do it. And it was so embarrassing. And within one cast, Trent hooks the trout, obviously. And well, she's like, this fish isn't eating. I'm like, yeah. yes, it is eating. I can see it eating. <laughs> so, and there were multiple, multiple days on the river where we would have pockets of trout. Dude, just no, rising, we hit, I could we hit, not we hit, catch a fish, but we, I, I loved it. Listen, it so much I fun. would not throw on red worm for her. I said, listen, I said, if you, you said, you're going to, if you don't want to love fly fishing, that's fine. You don't have to do fly fishing. I said, but you, you know, I want you, you got to catch one on a dry fly. You know what I mean? Like you got to catch one on a dry fly. And we were, we hit the best, best, one of the best mahogany hatches I've ever seen, like a late night. And so in Montana on a late fall day, half an hour before the sunset, you can get into a good size 10 brown bug. Um, 
and every fish in the river will play dude every fish in the river will play and we were in one pocket dude it was like a 20 foot run off of some ripples and i'm not joking there was 20 fish in there rising and a couple really nice ones at the head of the pocket and dude janelle could not i love her to death it was crazy <laughs> so nice. needless to say it, it was a long learning process thank god Trent has a lot of patience but i mean fast forward seven years um it's so much fun. Trips to New Zealand, trips to Argentina. I love it. You actually, and, she actually figured it out in New Zealand. The first time, we, we got to be honest, disclaimer, we're not liars. I did end up throwing on red worm because I was getting so frustrated. And Janelle finally got a brown trout. Yeah, the San Juan worm. Yeah, she finally got a brown trout. And then we, uh, yeah, then in New Zealand, I think that was the first time Janelle was upriver, but I'll never forget. She was upriver by herself on the South Island. And dude, the first time we went to New Zealand was rough, dude. Everything they say about New Zealand is very true, people. It is no joke, dude. It is. It takes a minute unless we discovered if we were fishing in the wrong areas. We just said, hey, we're done chasing these trophy 12 pound fish. We're going to go to other areas where there's a lot of fish, but they're more 16 inches like Montana. And uh, and I sent Janelle up this river and I'll never forget it, man. She was she did it all, man. She casted out this little uh, little parachute had perfect line control then came up she hooked it line control nice brown very nice brown and netted herself i'll never forget it in new zealand we didn't catch any fish the first time in new zealand man no. so this is kind of our redemption trip this is the second so when were you in new zealand for the second trip we are actually going back in october so our second trip is coming up right right, right. so so the first trip how long were you there in new zealand we were there for what eight weeks yeah we try to do everything in two months yeah that's a good number that's our off season. Yeah, a minimum of at least a month is always, always, always required. Yeah. So when you look ahead at, you know, just let's say, I don't even know if you look this far ahead, but you say the next year, do you look at that and say, okay, we're going to do New Zealand for two months, we're going to do this, or are you just thinking we're going to do New Zealand and see where we're at after that? We always buy these tickets like on a whim. On a whim. We bought we bought we, these New Zealand. Yeah. We, we were a little boozed up. We're really, yeah, we're really <laughs> good at just like getting a few beers in us and being like, should we buy tickets? And obviously there is a little bit of discussion that goes into it prior. Like, oh, where should we go this year? Should it be Argentina? Should it be New Zealand? You know, um, and we can't afford to wait. So four to five months out is the best time to buy tickets. So four to five months out, like this year, especially, we didn't even know if we were gonna have the money again. So we're trying to get back on our feet. So it was like, are we going to have enough for New Zealand? And then we were running the money and Argentina and New Zealand right now are about the same price, uh, to be honest. Like literally if you, so we're big numbers people. So for years, New Zealand was off the table for years. New Zealand was off the table, off the table, but Patagonia is exploding. It's getting more expensive. The car rental is way more expensive in Argentina because they know they got you. Um, whereas New Zealand gets more day trippers from Australia and China. So there's more of a tourist industry. Like in Patagonia, they know they got you. And uh, so we kind of looked at the math and New Zealand became affordable. Their dollar is very strong right now worldwide. We get, The dollar is crushing it right now versus other people's exchange rates. So uh, New Zealand was affordable, man. It was affordable. I mean, it's still like $10 a gallon gas down there. But those are things you got to get over. Sure. Sure, you still have that. So basically, yeah, you're doing this trip. So as you look ahead, you don't really know what the next year is going to bring. You're thinking New Zealand first and then see where, where we go. Yeah, we're going to hit up New Zealand. We'll definitely be back in the Florida Keys for the winter. And then after that, we, yeah, we don't know. We come back to Yellowstone. Yeah, we always come back. We always do Yellowstone and we always do Key West. Is that your family in Yellowstone or what? why why Yellowstone? No, we just work out here. Yeah, money. And we love, yeah. we love fishing out here. And right. Yeah. So you do the, like you said, you do the, the bartending, right? And you said surfing too. 
Yeah, we're seasonal workers. So we work in Montana. Oh, I guess all our customers ask this. We work in Yellowstone. So we uh, work in the, yeah, we work uh, May, June, July, August, September, a little bit of October. That's in Yellowstone. And then uh, we're overseas, November, December. So th- like you, to answer your question, we really don't know where that's at. Sure. And then uh, then we're in the Keys, December, January, February, March. And then April, we kind of just take our time slowly back to Montana. Gotcha. So that's it. And then back to Montana. So, you, so yeah, I mean, you've got a few things going. You, it's pretty awesome because you got your your program you're working now. So Yellowstone and you're kind of behind the bar doing that whole thing. Then you have your overseas and then you come back to Florida, which is cool. So when you're in Florida, when you're staying, are you always finding new places to stay? Maybe, do you have any tips there when, if somebody wanted to stay at a place for a month? <laughs> Tell them, Janelle, don't you lie to the people. Janelle lies to her customers every day. And who are your customers? The customers you're talking about, the people coming into the bar? Tourists are our customers. Tourists. We, that's where we make all our money. Tourists ask us all the time, where do we live in, in Key West? And Janelle always lies. But because you're <laughs> a good friend now, and this is for your podcast, yeah. Janelle, don't don't lie to these people. Where do we live we at in Key West? We can't tell people that we live in a chicken coop. Like, it's just, like is that how it? does that sound? Okay, I tell people we live in like this cute little bungalow. Like, no, it is a converted, well, it used to be a peacock coop. Yeah. There you go. It's all converted. It's not like there's like straw on the floors anymore. There's no chickens currently. <laughs> there's no, we don't live with chickens, but. <laughs> so that's okay. Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. That's Nothing awesome. glamorous. Outdoor kitchen. Like we cook on a hot plate. We shower outside in an outdoor shower. Like it is definitely Amazing. not glamorous, but it is the most keezy thing. But you're in Florida. You're in Florida. So you don't need any yeah. heat isn't a big issue. No. Uh, two days of winter, yeah. Yeah, two days of winter we freeze, but Yeah. That's cool. So that's what you do down there. And then and so let's stay on that tip thing a little bit, like the DIY. You've obviously taken this to the extreme, which is amazing. You know, you're able to do this stuff. What would be somebody else trying to do some of these trips? Say they, they have a month or two or three to take off to do it on the cheap if they didn't have much money. Give us some more. What other tips would you be telling? Let's just say it's in North America and they're doing like you're doing traveling to Florida, around the country. Any insight there you can give us? I know a lot of trips that we've planned, we have camped. So like when we're in the U.S., we have our camper van uh, and you don't even need anything like as fancy as a camper van. You can literally just have a little sedan. I've seen people do that, too. But camping out of your car, there's a lot of BLM land around. Um, As far as eating, I mean, you can do that as frugal as you want. I know Trent and I, we've definitely made it on like rice and beans. No joke. Um, (laughs) And uh, but we always prioritize. We always have a six pack at least. So (laughs) that's right. What, what's your beer? What's your, does it matter? Are you more like a IPA or what's your beer choice? Oh, dude, we spent, everything. E- we spent years trying to get sponsored by Bush. Cause that's the first <laughs> beer I drank with my grandpa. And, uh, so we're, yeah, I can't really, we can't, it's funny. I'm a it's Bush all good. Guy. It's all good. Bush is good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Bush and PBR guy. Um, and then, uh, yeah, Janelle's a Sauvignon Blanc lady. <laughs> I do like my wine. There you go. Perfect. So like you said, the uh, the car is interesting because that's an easy way. Yeah, like you said, the Ford Explorer, the, I can't remember the episode number we did, but we did it with uh, the folks, uh, basically the OPST, you know, that whole background, the guys that were creating those Skagit lines back in the day, uh, you know, Ed and and the crew. And that's what they did. And they, I heard the story about how they basically lived out of a Ford Explorer so they could fish all these great steelhead rivers up in Washington and, and you know, in Canada. And they said the stink in the car was just unbelievable, right? It's two people sleeping in the car. So is that like, how do you, how do you, is oh, that God. something where you roll the windows down or how do you do it if you're in a Ford Explorer with that? 
Dude, the Explorer was so hard. Because <laughs> that's tight. You you got enough room for the seats probably fold down flat. But I mean, yeah, two people is about all you can get in there. Yeah, I took yeah. all the seats out. So it was pretty wild. And I had to put a little fridge in there. Uh, The shower was the hardest. The shower was the hardest. I feel like, if anything, personal hygiene, yeah, is the biggest obstacle. Um, There's a lot of sh- river showers. There's a lot of, for a while, I was showering out of like a bowl and like a washcloth. That was interesting. Um, you want to know a big tip? I'll give yeah, you listeners a big it. tip that's different. You know what a big tip is? You have to get over what people think about you, especially when you're trying to live frugal, because we once had to share this is probably the lowest point of our life. When we were living out of Explorer, we had to shower out of a bucket in a Walmart parking lot and people were looking at us, dude. It was in Naples, Florida. So these rich people did not want us around and we were just red bucket in our like swim trunks. And so like a big tip is like, you know, because uh, a lot of people judged us for a long time to our lifestyle, like even in our family. So a big tip I would say is like, don't really worry about like, hey, you know what, if you have to make ends meet, like if you really like, especially in Argentina, and New Zealand, uh, don't worry what people like. I think sometimes people like, like we hear that a lot from people that reach out to us like, I could never do that. I could never get on the road. I could never shower right. out of a bucket. And I don't think I'm like, I always tell people, I'm like, of course you could shower out of a bucket. If I, if I said, hey, I'll give you a thousand bucks. You got to take a shower in five minutes out of a bucket. You would do it in two seconds. Of course you can do it, you know? And I think that's like a big tip for people is just like, hey, you can do this. Like, you know, if, uh, yeah, you can do this, you know, especially in like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, and we see it out here. Well, it's different, obviously, but, you know, there's a big homeless problem out in our area. And this is totally different than what you're talking about, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you see these people, they're obviously living out of their campers. They're broke down on the side of the road. I mean, there's literally, you'll drive down the highway out here, like right on the freeway, and there'll be somebody with a giant campfire, you know, people huddled wow. around, like, you know what I mean? Like right oh, on the, the, yeah, so this is everywhere all around where we live. And Where where are you at, Portland? Yeah, Portland, yep. Is it? Sorry, I'm not trying to, I wasn't trying to joke oh, yeah. and guess, but. Yeah. No, no, yeah, it's, and I think, no, there's other areas, I mean, California, right, there's plenty of places, but for sure. Portland is like, there's people everywhere that are struggling. I think, you know, the drugs is obviously a big part of that, but some people I think just like, like, right. They don't mind that lifestyle. And I'm, you know what I mean? So I, but I get, and I, when you see them, you're like, oh gosh, right. It's like, that's a struggle, but you know what I mean? Like, I think that maybe I'm drawing conclusions I shouldn't be maybe. Right. Is that kind of, I know what you're talking about is different, but no, 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 no. I completely agree with you. I'm just saying like more too, like when it comes to like, uh, especially like in fly fishing, like to relate it to fly fishing. It's like, there are going to be some days where you're at the boat launch, like Janelle said, rubbing your armpits and people are going to be looking at you. You know what I mean? And it's like, but listen, we, you got to save that five bucks on the shower, you know, like, and it's just things like that. Um, you know, people make fun of, it's kind of funny. People make fun of the gear me and Janelle fish. Cause we are not fancy. You know what I mean? Right. Cause like, it's just like, Hey, we're like very Argentina of Argentina. There's a saying that I say about Argentina, like, uh, does it go? Does it work? You know, does it yeah. run? And so like with my fly rods, especially, I'm like, does it cast? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's laying out the fly line. What's your, this is a great, because I love the topic because there's a lot of, you know, what is your fly rod? Are you the, like, uh, what's the reasonable fly rod? Cause there are some out there that are reasonable. What do you guys work there? Honestly, 300 our, bucks. Yeah. 300 bucks is high, high end for me and Chanel. Yeah. And what is that? What is that echo or what's the rod? So we have a Reddington rod. Yeah. We have a Reddington five weight that we love. Um, Got a... What else? We, we do. Everything. Yeah, we do have. Like we kind of a- have a lot of Reddingtons because Reddington. Listen, so we so we used to have everything. We used to have Scots and old Orvises and Sage, everything. And then, listen, here's a good tip for your viewer. Yeah. Take an extra tip to South America. Every single rod you have. So that's why we have a lot of at Reddington and Echo right now, because Reddington and Echo allow you to go on their websites and just buy another tip. And right. listen, that's something like me and Janelle. Like, that's a huge tip. Like, you should take an extra rod tip 
So right now, all our rods, especially this year, because uh, I had the heart, second heart surgery, so I couldn't row the boat. So we've started fishing out of the car again, like day trips. And I rolled. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Trent rolled all of our rods up in the window. Oh, not once, damn. But twice. He did, did it twice. Did it twice. Oh, <laughs> broke twice. all the tips. <laughs> all the tips. Oh, God. And it was like in a matter of like a month. <laughs> yeah. So this new tip, this new tip about getting extra tips is like a very new tip in our life. Like I told you now, I said, what company? So we had like seven different types of rods. Right. And so I broke all these tips at once. So I had to go call like four or five different companies, dude, in Echo and uh, in Reddington. Yep. Dude, I called them customer service. Listen, we don't get anything from these people. Sure. We called them. We talked to a human, not a machine yeah. for an hour. Then it was literally like a human. And they're like, why don't you just go to our website? I'm like, huh? And I went to the website and it's like extra tip. Other companies were like, you got to send us your rod. I'm like, I just need a tip. Can I just buy a tip? I'll give, literally give you a hundred dollars. So just send me a tip. And uh, Janelle has to say goodbye. She got bar customers. Oh, you guys are doing this while you're working. Yeah. Uh, we're opening. It's uh, only one o'clock here. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to give a you want to give a shout out to the bar? Is that is that uh, okay to do? Oh, hundred uh, percent. It's called Bullwinkle's Bar. They're actually huge. They're in West Yellowstone. It's called Bullwinkle's Bar. Um, yeah. So Bullwinkle's Bar, and uh, we work here. We've been here for a long time, man. So you're in West Yellowstone. So you you know the guys down at the the fly shops. All I mean, there's like four or five big fly shops there in town, right? Yeah, so I need to plug somebody. Uh, Justin yeah. at Big Sky Anglers. I was just going to say, that was exactly who I was going to tell you to check in with, was Justin. He is, in my opinion, he is my mentor for Argentina. Justin has saved our ass. If it wasn't for Justin, he saved our raft. Um, this guy stole our striker raft in Argentina. That was like the whole story. The guy stole our striker raft. And literally Justin's guys, like, dude, Justin has saved me so many times in Argentina. And uh, he never expects anything. And they are the they are the people. Like, I can give you little tips and tricks. But if you're a listener who's listening to this podcast, who I think his trips are like probably up there about the 10 or 15 zone. But if you want to turn key best uh amigo in argentina his he's connections right. are the deepest yeah he just because he has the deepest connections because he's like he is like you know the soccer player an argentinian dude you know yeah so and justin i i'm just trying i can't remember the name of the episode or the number but he was on a while back in fact i think he's been on twice the first one was episode 57 argentina fly fishing with justin spence and uh yeah he broke down same thing he broke down kind of a diy uh, one other shout out, Jerry French, episode 139, The Intruder Revolution, was the one where Jerry was sleeping in his car in the Ford Explorer with uh, with Ed, Ed Ward and the guys. So, But this has been cool, Trent. I think, um, you know, I mean, obviously what you guys have going is unique, but I think the, the inspiration here is that you're doing something that like anybody can do, right? You can't use, you guys aren't using, you know, not having enough money that you can't go to New Zealand. You're doing this stuff. So I mean, what is the, do you think the secret to your success here? Have we talked about or anything else you want to say? Like, how are you able to do this? Is it just basically being frugal and, and that's the bottom line? No, nah, I think the biggest thing, and again, I hate bringing up the heart attack all the time. Yeah. But I think like the, I think like the biggest thing for me in this is like, uh, dude, when I was in Yellowstone, I was like nineteen twenty, and, uh, and, uh, I had this old man, I'll never forget him, dude. I was, uh, I had this old man, like grab my arm and like, I was like, what are you grabbing me for? Dude, do you need, what else do you need? And he's like, Hey man, he's like, you're a good kid. You seem like a very nice guy. And he's like, he's like, don't, and he just gave me this speech about, Hey, when I come to Yellowstone, all I can do is just look, I can't even hike the boardwalks. I can't get out of my car. I can just look at the mountains. And he told me, he, he gave me a big tip actually. So he was actually a good guy. Give me a huge tip, dude. And, uh, and he said, uh, money-wise, he gave me a huge tip. Yeah. And he said, hey, man, he goes, I have more money than anybody, blah, 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 blah. My kids are blah, blah, blah. And he, just the way, dude, he's so sad, man. And he's like, he's like, I'd do anything to be 19, blah, blah, blah. And I, I didn't even listen to him at the time, dude, because at the time I was just like, all right, whatever, old man, let me go. And yeah. uh, 
but it, it really stuck with me, man. So I think like a big thing, like I just hate hearing, dude, people reach out all the time to me and Janelle. And that's always what they say is like, oh, so like for us, I guess it's like, it's hard, man. It's hard in this new America to like, especially with people, like a lot of people are listening and we get the same hate mail all the time. Oh, right. it must be nice to take two months off and go to New Zealand, like blah, 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 blah. And it's like, that's why the bum diary, that's why we try to document it. Like, hey, you know, like we're saving up for our own bar. We're, we're starting a family, you know? But you know how it is, dude. You're you're on the internet, so you get the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that I think that's why it's amazing is that you know you're always going to have some haters out there, and you know that's fine. There's nothing you can do about that. But the bottom line is, you guys are doing your thing, and uh, and you know you know you're having you're enjoying it. And like that old guy said, you know, I think that was his point was like, hey, I got all this money, but I can't even really use it. Like you'd be better off going out like you're doing now and traveling the world before you get to a place where maybe you can't. I think that's my take home here, right? And, and you're doing yeah. it without having, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars in the bank, right? I mean, you can literally do that now. Yeah. And when I stopped, I stopped being a fly fishing guide and, uh, cause I wasn't really fishing anymore when you're, when you're a fly fishing guide. So I stopped being a fly fishing guide and I told, uh, and that's what I mean when to tie it back to fly fishing once again. Uh, if you, uh, it, that's the thing like if you really love fly fishing and there's so, like if you i want to do a steelhead trip or something like us and like and it's like hey you know i i really don't have the the money or the time but i think if i save up for a year or two and if i do it like this i maybe i can just go and uh and just get it done and when i was last time i was a, a fly guide i just kind of i started telling my customer especially up here on the, like the madison river man uh in montana probably one of the most pressured waters in the in the world oh, up yeah. here and, and uh i started telling my customers i'm like hey man all we're looking at right now is we're looking five feet up, up the bank and we're looking five feet down the bank. And those 10 feet, that's your 10 feet today. That's where we're looking. We're not looking up the river. We're not looking nice. down the river at so-and-so other boat. We're looking at our 10 feet. We're going to fish our 10 feet and just be happy that you own that 10 feet right now in yeah, the moment. And right. so that's what I started telling. And so when it comes to fly fishing, like uh, for me and Janelle in New Zealand, Argentina, like, yeah, people will always tell us like, oh, it must be nice to get two months off. But the reason we do that is, is so we can have our little 10 feet, exactly. even though our 10 feet is, yeah, it's out. So whatever your, whatever your 10 feet is out there, like, uh, I don't know. I just hope people, uh, yeah, I just hope people, that's like part of our, I guess that's part of our brand, if that makes any sense. Love it. No, it does. It makes total sense. So you guys, we talked about Argentina, New Zealand. What, you know, you when you look out, have you thought about Alaska? Or do you have like a bucket list of places you're thinking, okay, or are you just thinking New Zealand, Argentina are the places we want to travel each winter? Yeah. So we, Janelle, I love her so much. It's harder for her than me. So for me, I could go to, I eat the same meal every night. I drink the same beer every night. I cast the same fly yeah. when I'm, when I'm in the mood, I, you know what I mean? I just, I'm very like that dude. Um, yep. and it, whereas Janelle is the, is the butterfly. She got to go everywhere. So every year Janelle's wish list is like Alaska. She really wants to catch a Dolly Varden, like one of the big, you know, dude, that's her. And I tell her, I'm like, I'm like, listen, I love you to death, but we make 80% of our income in in the summertime so we're kind of locked into the southern hemisphere and so it's always new i mean tasmania's down there there's a couple french islands if you want to go down the rabbit hole there's some french islands that are out in the middle of nowhere they have the world's biggest brown trout but it's illegal to fish unless you get the like a blessing from the french president sure. so i mean like there's like things like out there <laughs> in the world that i want to go to you know but um yeah, that's why we focus on the Southern Hemisphere, and it's easy to raise a family. Uh, yeah. uh, I don't speak on behalf of anybody else, but there is a there are other Americans in Argentina raising a family, and so that's why we like the we we're probably going to end up in Argentina. We're we're trying to we're trying to become Argentinian citizens. Yeah, you want to you want to move down there for good. 
yeah, we don't want a guy to know. I have so many Argentinian friends that are going to listen to this. I don't want to be a guy. I don't want to step on anybody's foot. I don't want to make any money in their country. Um, we would love to set it up where we can go to Argentina for our two months and have our own little garden. And we just want to just chill for two months, man. When you work in the tourist world, man, whoo, then, you know, yeah. people, like, I thought being on a fly boat for eight hours with one person was a long day, but whoo, dude, answering the same question every day is a little, you know, but I love it, man. Right. Is that, is that the hardest thing? Is that the hardest thing about being in the place where you are working now? Is that, uh, right, what is the hardest thing about that, that line of work? Uh, the judgment, that criteria around being a server in your later eight years, uh, oh, you're still a server and, uh, and dude, the tourist, man, I love the tourists. I'm like probably the biggest pro tourist voice in this town. Like, I'm a big tourist fan, man. Like, hey, everything in Montana, even on the internet, I argue with people about the tourists in Montana. I was like, you do know this is our biggest income. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like, it, like, there's not much logging and mining going on anymore in Montana. So, sorry, I got some motorcycle tourists pulling up. See what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, it's <laughs> I like, I love hate with these guys. But, uh, yeah. So, the hardest thing, though, is all the same questions. But I, it's my job, man. So, I enjoy it. You know, I enjoy it. But it does burn you out. So, people are always like, why do you go to Argentina? Like, blah, blah, blah. What do you do down there? And I'm like, man, I go down there. And I don't talk to anybody for two months. I just reset, man. I just reset for two months. So, just me and Janelle. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. All right, Trent. Well, let's, uh, I, I want to take it out of here. We have this little segment, the, uh, our listener shout out we've been doing. And uh, Paul Hokeness uh, checked in with us on email and he was talking about how, you know, he's been really loving the show and he gave us some, ins- you know, he talked about DIY. He was like, Hey, I asked him what episodes should we do more of? And he was like, Hey, you need to do more DIY. I want to find out how to do these trips without spending a fortune. So I think we tried to touch on that a little bit here today. I think, you know, do you have any other, you know, uh, tips or do you have like a gear item that you guys are traveling that you don't leave home without anything else you want to shed light on what you have going? Uh, no, nah, we're not those, we're not the, we're not the smartest people, dude. Like I said, we just come <laughs> up with things on the fly. So we do, we, oh, I got a dry bag story if you want. Oh uh, no, this is going to yeah, make me it. sound bad. It's going to make me sound so bad, but you know what? I tell the tourists this story. So I'll tell you guys, uh, I just started rowing a boat again. My doctor told me I wasn't even supposed to be out here till like July came out a little early. Cause you know how finances are. And I started getting on my push up regimen. I was like, I just want to row a boat again. There's a moment where I didn't think I could row a boat again, dude. Second wow. heart surgery is a little, is a little, uh, third heart surgery. Like I love doctors. They make a joke. Wait till the third. So I was really worried. Like, am I going to row a boat again? Am I going to be able to fish again? Am I going to die on this? High? So it was like, it messed me up, dude, the second heart surgery. Cause in the first time I had the heart surgery, I didn't have nothing, dude. I was just a young buck ready to go. And now I got Janelle, you you know, and like, so now yeah. I'm trying to make sure she's set up for life. And, and so it's like, uh, it was anyways, do the dry bag. So I, the first time I went to Argentina, I got rescued by the military. I'll tell you that next time I got rescued hmm. by the military. I was on a river. It was a really, I was just a young idiot, dude. I was like, I'm just going to send this river for seven days. I was unprepared, had to get rescued by the military. It's just stupid. And then, uh, and then when I was a whitewater raft guide, I, I was just stupid. You know, you just like, oh, it'd be like, oh, let's just steal boat, go down white water in the middle of the night, no life jacket, no nothing to a full moon. It's just like, I don't know. You just want to live on the edge as a young kid. And now Janelle makes fun of me about the dry bag all the time. Like, oh yeah, you can't go anywhere without your dry bag. And it'll be like a hundred degrees. And I'm like, okay, do we have a rain jacket? Do we have extra warm clothes? Do, in case, do we have matches in case? I don't know. You, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and it's like, it's so funny. I carry around a butterfly net and never use it. She's like, why is there so much? Why is there so much in this dry bag? So Janelle's always giving me crap out of the dry bag. And we've been using the same dry bag since she met me. I got it as a pro deal 10 years ago. So she, it, it does, it's not even a dry bag anymore now, man. It's just a bag. And uh, so uh, for my birthday, she got me a new dry bag this year. And so we go to the our favorite river down in Idaho. And uh, 
we're getting on the river, dude. And it was like 98 degrees two weeks ago, 98, 99. Oh, it was brutal, bro. Uh, it was a tailwater though. So the water was cold. Sure. Don't want nobody coming at us. Oh um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, but it was a hot day upstairs and, uh, dude, I had just started rowing. And so I get the new dry bag and I'm starting to take the stuff out of the old dry bag. And Janelle looks at me and she goes, can you please try not to make it look like the old dry blah, 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 blah. So I said, <laughs> okay. I said, and I looked at her and said, you know what? I'm not going to take everything because it's 99 now. I don't need like the, the thermals. I said, but I am going to take, I am going to take my rain jacket just in case. Cause I, you know, and so we get, she, I told her, she goes, I don't want my rain jacket. So we get halfway down this river and dude, out of nowhere, I mean, just a storm like I've never seen. And 15 years of being on these rivers out here. And it started, pour, dude, it was pouring harder than I've, I mean, at first we thought we were going to wait it out. Then I was like, oh my God, like, I don't know if we should wait this out. Then like five drift boats got together and everyone was like, I was like, this is kind of wild. I've never seen like, and we're all kind of like, oh, what are we going to, this is like nasty. What is this? This is different. Even some old timers. So we all like, oh, it, let's just get down this river. And uh, dude, the lightning was striking. Like you could see the lightning hit and hear the, I mean, it was nasty. And I put my rain jacket on and uh, Janelle, she was so funny. She was just like, she would not, I was like, you want my rain jacket? And she was like, no, she's like, I was the one giving you shit about the dry bag yeah. and being overprepared and she's like don't give me your rain jacket i'm gonna sit in the rain i deserve it and i was just like you know it's just like oh, such a funny moment between me and her we get nice. to the boat launch and I, you know 10 people in other drift boats don't understand what's going on so everyone's looking at me like why are you wearing that brand new sims jacket and she's wearing a tank top and i was like <laughs> and she kept telling me oh it's a warm rain and it was so funny because we got in the truck and she's like uh we going back to your point about gear she looks at me and she goes she goes i'm never ever gonna question you again about uh about ever overpacking the dry bag <laughs> i go. said yeah because she would always give me she would always make fun of me man my wife uh she loves making fun of me she was always like she'll take shots sometimes like we'll be two branches of the river and the left will look better than the right but the right looks safer but it's flatter and the left looks like it has a good juicy bank so she always wants to send it oh look at that bank over there and i'm like yeah but i can't see around the corner if i go to the right i know it's only a foot deep and boring but i'll be safer so she's always giving me crap about yo you're getting old and <laughs> but it is it is true man as you get older you do you do start to worry i guess you know it's weird man yeah, it's totally. weird i never thought that would be me man but now even like the bears up here are a big issue oh right. right now and yeah this has been the worst bear year in a long time oh really are you getting bears like what is the worst just bears more bears around town or what does that look like no like aggressive bear attacks like this is like an all-time dude there's like attacks dude this is a that's what i mean like before man i there's some hikes i would never do again now i even people i know like the most manly men in this town who are the biggest hunters they won't even hunt by themselves anymore like the bears are getting pretty aggressive up here in west yellowstone and why why is that because we've had all these years of uh you know just nobody's ever died sort of thing or you know but and now why is this year do you think that happening uh well, I'm again, I'm not an expert. Well, let me preface this by saying well, there was a big wolf debate here 10 years ago. Like, oh, should there be wolves wolf hunt? And I was always pro wolf because if a wolf kills a, a livestock, the government pays for that. And wolves don't actively hunt humans. I'm a big Lewis and Clark guy. I'm a big uh, history buff. And uh, Lewis and Clark, both their journals, they wrote about they wrote about like, wow, like, and uh, Lewis was trained under Thomas Jefferson. Anyways, that's a long story. Lewis was a trained botanist, man. He spent years training and he he like spoke about the grizzly bear like like he compared it to lions and, and tigers and he's like there's no animal that aggressively like like every other animal kind of runs away from lewis and clark but when they were the first people to see like not other than natives obviously but when they saw these grizzlies like dude these grizzlies actively tried to i don't need to do and so the, i think the grizzly is just such a unique species i don't think i don't think america being in yellowstone since 2006 man i don't think people understand like the grizzly is not the grizzly is an dude it's like 
I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the top animal. of the food chain, man. I know we, I know we can carry around a gun, but I think it's the top of the food. I mean, and so I don't know in West Yellowstone, we've had a couple of attacks, you know, and, and, uh, so more than I've ever, dude, it's like every year now it's like, uh, and then like when guides get killed, a hunting guide got killed. And that's like what really set, set everybody on fire up here was just like, wow, like a guy with a mountain man got, you know, so it was, it wasn't even a tourist now, you know? And so me as a fisherman, there's some hikes, dude, around Grand Tetons, dude, there are some hikes that I used to do. And like, I'm, the only place I've ever really bumped into to bears. And I don't think I could do it anymore, man. I just, that's what I mean by getting old and scared. I don't know, but the grizzlies are an issue up here. That is, that is for certain right now. Yeah, gotcha. And maybe it could be, there's probably a number of reasons, but I'm guessing there's probably more people just because of after COVID, right? There's more people out there. So you're going to have more altercations. And again, that's the two, that's the two biggest things. One, there is more people in the woods. Not going to disagree with that. Two, there's way more bears and there's really not like a bear plan. I don't think out there, not that I'm aware of. I mean, I'm a pretty local here, uh, uh, locked in with the West Yellowstone politics. And I don't think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of bears, man. I don't, and I don't know what the, the there's a lot of like theories up here. Like it does, what is the real bear count? Um, have the bears. So Yellowstone bears aren't native. Uh, they were actually brought in because they're so there's a there's a natural bear population in northern Montana. And again, you're at the fact check. People got to sure. fact check me on this because oh, yeah. this is just talk of the town. But uh, from what I believe, uh, from what I, my understanding is that the Yellowstone bear was actually brought in. And so the Yellowstone greater ecosystem, there was always this thing like called the great merge or whatever. When are our bears going to expand like the crazy mountains? uh which are just north of uh, Livingston, Montana, they're the Spread Creek area. There had never been a grizzly there like in 100 years. And me and Janelle swore we saw one last year with a local when we were fishing down there. I swear we saw one. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I see grizzlies. I see a lot of grizzlies that look like a grizzly to me. And that was last fall. And then this spring, they got a picture of the grizzly uh, and spray. Oh, it's the first grizzly in 100. I'm like, no, this thing was here last year. And the farmer said he's seen it the year before. So it's almost like in Michigan has it with the cougar and the lower. I don't know, dude. It's like, it's funny, man. It's like a. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think what it is is, well, part of it is, is that, I mean, it's the people. There's no question and habitat, you know, fragmentation, right? And all that. It's just continuing because there's more people in the country than there used to be. But. You know, grizzly bears are also really smart. You know, we've done a few episodes on this. We did one on Yosemite. And we actually, it was interesting because it was, I'll put a link in the show notes because we talked about Yosemite has a lot of bears. Well, they have bears, but not as many as like Yellowstone, obviously, is, is a different thing. But it's just that bears, they get used to the humans. And as soon as they get used to eating their food and their garbage and stuff, they're, they're toast. You got to kill them because they're just going to cause problems. And, you know, my guess is that, you know, that guy that died, the, the hunter, you know, like a lot of these things, right? You there's cubs involved. You try, but it's still kind of one in a million that you're going to get attacked by a bear. Would you say that's still kind of the case? Well, I don't know if it's one in a million anymore because, like you said, nobody really. So there are more people here, dude. There are more yeah. people here, but dude, the tourists. Not a lot of people hike anymore, man. And so there's still more people here, and there's more people on the trails. But man, if four million people come to Yellowstone, three point nine million stayed on the pavement. And but dude, the only thing is like my I just the grizzly. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But like I said, like from the Lewis Diaries, I'm, the grizzly is a uh, very aggressive animal. So it's one thing with a bear getting to your trash can. It's another thing with a bear like like uh, hey we we defend our area by killing and uh, it's the only animal in America man that like really I know there's cougars and bears that kill people even beavers man beavers have smoked people uh, up here <laughs> that's, right. that's right well I think I'll <laughs> I think I'll leave it there Trent just since we're obviously not the experts but I think what I'll do is bring on a, a beaver or a, a you know an expert for bears yeah no no I just thought I had mine one time I'm just joking around but you know what it is man uh yeah but just be safe up here is just what I'm trying to tell people be very bear aware up here yeah yeah it's good love it love it 
Cool, man. Well, hey, give us one before we get out of here. I always love to get some music because I love in the show notes and on Instagram to throw some music out there. What's your go-to? Do you have like a, a song, a group, a type of music you like to listen to? Yeah, I got a playlist. I just put uh, on Spotify. I put a, uh, you guys can actually find our playlist called The Bum Diary is here. Perfect. It'll be funny. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Dwight Yoakam and Atmosphere. We just put two of them together. So I get a little underground hip hop and then I get a little old country in me. So Yeah, I love both of those. Yeah, Dwight Yoakam, that's perfect. Awesome. Well, we'll get some of that going here. And um, yeah, I guess we know what you got going the next year. You guys are going to be traveling like normal in Florida in the wintertime. Before we get out of here, anything else you want to leave everybody with on on you know everything you guys have coming? No, sir. Thank you very much for everything, man. And uh, maybe we'll bump it. Hopefully one of your people come in and say hello to us at Bowwinkles this year. We will. Remind us again. So it's Bowwinkles in West Yellowstone. Uh, yes, sir. All right, man. Well, we'll hopefully, I'm not sure when this episode is going to go live, but hopefully if it's this summer, you guys will be there, what, until October? Did you say early October? Yeah, we're here every summer. So we'll be here next year too. You ever get through this area or not really? Yeah, 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 definitely. No, I love that area. We're in fact, we're going to be there. Um, let's see, October, we're going to be in uh, near uh, Driggs. We're going to be fishing the snake in uh, in that area here early October. Uh, yes, sir. That, that was the river where the rainstorm happened. I didn't know we were allowed to say oh. that on the internet anymore. Um, yeah, we'll bump into you down there, man. So that's where we spend every weekend. People can find us down in that area of the world. Cool. All right, Trent. Well, I'll leave it there. And uh, thanks again for shedding light on what you guys do. I love, I think your stories have been crazy and inspiring all in the same. I think uh, it gives people a realization that you don't have to have a, a ton of money to do great things. So I appreciate you for coming on today and let Janelle know as well. All right. Thank you, sir. You guys have a wonderful day. That is a wrap. You can grab all of the show notes at wetflyswing.com. And please follow us on Instagram and share this episode out with someone you love. Please send me an email, dave at wetflyswing.com, if you have any feedback or want us to put together an episode on this podcast for you. Check in anytime. I hope you enjoyed this podcast and would love to meet up with you on the water. We have new fly fishing schools going all year long and all around the country. So if you want to connect, let's do it right now. All right, time to get out of here. I hope you have a great evening. I hope you have a great morning or great afternoon wherever in the world you are. And I appreciate you for stopping by and checking out the show today. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Wet Fly Swing Fly Fishing Show. For notes and links from this episode, visit wetflyswing.com.